guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre, and we are here to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in a post-Christian culture. And I'm back with my wonderful wife, Leah. How's it going? Good. It's sunny after Memorial Day. It's really, really uh, frustrating to have rain come down on you during a Memorial Day barbecue, but... But then it stopped. Shining sun the next morning. <laughs> I'm sure all the campers were frustrated. Yeah, a lot of people here in Birch Bay in their RVs and kayaks enjoying the long weekend yes speaking of weekend and socializing and people and being around people what are we talking about today we are talking about community and the importance of living in in spiritual community and um i think this is a super relevant subject since we're hopefully coming out of the coronavirus lockdown and our sense of community has been shaken to say the least yeah for sure impacted and maybe to some people it's revealed that they're really not connected to people at all because even though they're in lockdown they don't feel like their life is very different yeah ideally we would want to be feeling really um we we really want to be missing our community at this point we want to be eager to get back into it and spend all our time together with our people. But if you are feeling like, you know, I could live this way, this is fine. Um, I think that should concern you. But also I think if you're coming out of quarantine and you find that the, th- the connections that you thought you had to the church and to people around you have melted away, that's also like a warning sign, right? Like something was not right because... Uh, if I have deep, permanent spiritual relationships with people, uh, I'm going to find ways to be staying connected to some extent, even through limits, you know? Right. But if, you're, if your connections are really superficial and here comes Corona and the lockdown and all of a sudden you realize you feel extremely disconnected from people and people who you thought you were very connected to, turns out you actually weren't. Yeah. So, so what, why is spiritual community so essential to spiritual growth, spiritual thriving in the church? Why can't, why can't we just attend church worship service every Sunday and then go do our own lives, have our friendships, you know, we can have one or two friends we're, we're great with and then our family. Um, and then that's it. Why, why is it so necessary that we pursue community in the church and like does it specifically say in the bible like why is it so important yeah you know it's funny because like when you're asking that question i automatically feel the uh this is kind of a rabbit trail but like you know how when in the debates in the political debates they ask them a question a straight shot question Mm -hmm. and the and the and it's so frustrating because the political candidate says uh you know Mr. Blah, 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 I'm so glad you asked this question because in our country today, we have... And he goes off on a rabbit trail that you think is totally unrelated. Yeah, Yeah. no, like when you're asking that question, uh, why is community so important? Like, it makes me... I'm so glad you asked that question because (laughs) in the world today... um, No, but like when you look at the grand scheme of things, basic facts about what it means to be human is to be connected with other humans. Like, it's, it's essential. But also, when you're talking about the church and redemption... Um, 
it is an essential feature of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be intricately interwoven into the lives of other followers of Jesus. That's not the same thing as a definition of friendship yeah. or cool people that you're cool people with whom you vibe mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever. Like, we, you know, it's, we seek friendship and that's very important. But like when you look at your definition of like, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means like an essential piece of that is my life is inseparably interwoven with a community of Christians that I didn't even necessarily choose. It's like family. It's a spiritual family. Yeah. And don't necessarily enjoy all the time. Right. And don't necessarily vibe with all the time. Right. If your definition of your Christian life is Looking for spiritual people that I vibe with. No, yes, that, but also like if your definition of your Christian walk is your relationship to Christ and that that's where that's it ends it. Oh, without yeah. the also also with the community of believers, right. then you, that is essential to your Christianity. And if you don't feel that way, you don't, if you don't sense that that's something that is yeah. your life, then you need to reevaluate um, because biblically this is like a huge part of right. Christianity. It's massive. You look at Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Paul dives into the practical aspect of the Christian life, and he spends 16 verses talking about life among Christians. That's the first thing he spends almost an entire chapter talking about when he talks about just the practical Christian life. Like, basically the point he makes in that chapter is the, the foundation of the practical spiritual walk of followers of Christ is integrated in rich Christian community. Um and I think that that is something that our generation has a really hard time with because um, we have so many options when it comes to church. Yeah. We have so many options when it comes to worship and uh, aesthetics, uh, when it comes to like Sunday morning feel and preachers and sermons and podcasts. We, get, we can easily get brainwashed into thinking that uh, we get to choose our spiritual menu you know like we stand at chick-fil-a and pick whatever we want and mm-hmm. when the, all these options all these churches in town all these uh you know varieties which one fits me better mm-hmm. and sure I, you do need to pick a church that's that's true but yeah. l- that shouldn't cause you to start to think fundamentally that my Christianity is is curated by my choices mm-hmm. and preferences, mm-hmm. because like yesterday we we're sitting around the campfire uh, with the family, and your brother asked the question: Would would you guys hang out? Would we hang out if we weren't family? Mm-hmm. And the obvious answer to that question is no. But I I had a problem with that question because somehow it gives the impression that um, because I wouldn't pick you people as friends. Um, that means that we don't necessarily, it's not necessarily like good for us to be together or something. Yeah. But if you look at your life, some of the most meaningful connections in your life happen Mm -hmm. through relationships that you didn't necessarily choose. Right. Yeah. And as a Christian, you should have that feeling with relationship to your church family uh, that feeling of discomfort of a family that you didn't quite choose. Yeah. 
if I think a lot of us young people, we avoid that. We're like, uh, I'm not like these people are weird or this awkward or whatever. Yeah. Right. And and we think that that feeling of discomfort is not good, but actually it's a good thing. There's a book by a guy named Brett McCracken. I think that's his last name. It's called Uncomfortable, hmm. an invitation to the church or something like that. And it's like, basically he's like, hey, I you need to embrace the uncomfortableness of church community because that is how God created it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's um, many of us might define our community, church community as, um, you know, our group of friends, which is it, it that is community. I, I do see my closest friends as my community, but there should be a branching out from that. There should be a bigger, wider circle of what you define as community. People you should have people in your circle who you wouldn't necessarily choose, who maybe make you right. uncomfortable, who challenge you, who make you face your own um, selfishness a lot of the time, people who cause you to reevaluate and, you know, get out of your comfort zone. That should be normal. If you're only spending time habitually with just the people who you really just enjoy um i don't know i think there's questions to be had about that yeah because it's very um unusual for us to think about belonging to a community that we don't have like control over you know like so you when you evaluate your christian life there should be that feeling of like oh i'm like i belong to these people this is where i live and serve and I don't get to just pull out. Yeah. Oftentimes it's uncomfortable, but also deep down below that, many times and most of the time, it's it's deeply rewarding. It's deeper, re- deeply rewarding to be part of something that you didn't necessarily, you don't choose to just dip out mm-hmm. because that is the only way you get that feeling of real belonging, mm-hmm. right? You can't have true belonging and an exit strategy at the same time yeah it should be it should tie you down right if if we want today we want freedom and belonging right if you feel like at any moment you just decide as a family like hey we'd rather live in a different state let's just go and not feel any sense of um loss or being tied down that should i think that should like set off alarms for you like yeah. are you truly living out what god has designed in the church like are you truly living to the full potential of um the way god intended for us to function as christians in community yeah so so okay sure i can see how it's important where so i want community where do i start if i'm a, if i'm a young adult in a church that um you know not a massive church and i want community i want friendship i want christian um spiritual encouragement where do i be where do i look for that yeah i think first of all i would say make sure you're in the right church and that again here we are talking about belonging and then talking about switching churches i'm not talking about switching churches in a sense but i am talking about um evaluating why you are in a certain church Mm -hmm. and whether that place is truly healthy and Mm -hmm. upbuilding for you or if it's a place where you just ended up right. through your pragmatic choices mm-hmm. or through your just social upbringing. Mm-hmm. So first of all, ask yourself, why are you in this church? 
-hmm. Are you here because you ended up here because the band was cool and then you just kind of stuck around because they have good coffee or 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 are you here just because you grew up here and mm -hmm. that's it, you know? Like you can never belong truly to a church unless you look at that church and you say, I believe in what these people are doing. I These people, uh, this church stands for truth, for the gospel. It's mm -hmm. built on a, 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 a foundation of real spiritual vibrance, mm -hmm. you know, like in meaning. Yeah. So like, first of all, look at the church mm -hmm. that you're part of and ask yourself, is this a place where Christian, rich Christian community can take place yeah. or is it a very unhealthy place mm -hmm. where i'm just setting myself up for perpetual frustration and struggle uh, whether that be like shallow super shallow teaching or mm -hmm. you know like just traditionalism or whatever anyways right we're not saying it has to be a perfect church no there's no, no. no perfect church no, but you, there are some I, fundamental look, look things. at the value system of the yeah. church the the bones that does not mean then that your church is going to be perfect vibes amazing people everything's cool no 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 a lot of churches that have really amazing solid beliefs and convictions are very far from perfect very maybe like awkward or challenging or you know yeah little you know like yeah. I, I i'm we're, we're i'm a big advocate of small churches yeah. um because that's where you you can't just fall through the cracks every sunday yeah like we see each other but that's what also makes room for awkward moments or you know you can't hide yeah you can't just live your secret life and then right. just show up on sunday and get uplifted right um and that's why a lot of people avoid small churches because they know they can't hide in the crowd yeah um so. In a small church, the initial discomfort is good. Yeah. Because when you push through that and work through it and work to belong, then you find real belonging too. The initial discomfort is often a sign of the fact that you are seen. Yeah. And uh, it is often uncomfortable to be seen. Yeah. Um, and then I would say a huge thing, this is so simple, but a massive part is just show up. Um, the life of the church is happening every week mm -hmm. and um, our young, you know, like today's young population is we're we're so we have so many options. We're so wild and free. We have so many dreams and ideas and ambitions. Uh, oftentimes our simple lack of commitment uh, is what gives us that feeling of displacement. Right. Um, the life of the church is happening, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Um, most of the battle, and I'm saying this like, this is something I'm learning, really a big lesson over the last six months in my own personal spiritual growth and in my life and relationships is um, showing up is one of the biggest parts of the battle. Whether that's my own daily opening the Bible and reading uh, and praying or showing up to church stuff. Showing up, showing up, showing up, bathing in the truth with, with the saints um, making things happen and just showing up and don't expect everything to be perfectly uh, on fire, you know, but like just the life of continual habit. Yeah. Shapes us. It, 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 it digs small little roots deep into our sense of belonging. Yeah. Um, just and having then, that commitment, just commit to consistency that bears fruit. Um, you will never more than you think. Yeah, yeah, and and you will never get real fruit without without this. Yeah, and the good stuff in life, the good fruit, 
whether that's on community or your self-control. It's always the fruit of long-term obedience in the same direction. A long, like there's a phrase from one of the Christian writers, a long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. Like that's, that's how it works. Yeah. We want instant results these days. You know, that, that this doesn't work. Yeah, and I think um, if you're someone just at that place where you are like, okay, I see the importance, I want I want a community, what do I do? Um, I think you have to start with um, a lot of, there are churches that fit, like there are churches, like we grew up in a church that was um, a lot of people in our same season of life, a lot of young people who love Jesus, and we all had this big, vibrant community, and that was great, and that was super edifying. And there are churches that have a lot of young couples. So when you're married and you have kids, it's like it fits perfectly. But there are churches that have like smaller, not so fitting to maybe your season of life. And that that can present its own challenges. And that uh-huh. can make it really awkward when you're the only single one in a church full of young families. And you don't you don't fit. You don't you're not the same as everyone else. You're different. Um, or you're much older than majority of the population, or you're way younger, and you don't know. There's not really this natural community that forms just because you're in a different season of life. But reality is, as Christians, we belong. So despite how you might feel inside, and despite the awkwardness, the fundamental fact is God says, if you are his child, you belong to the church. You belong here. Yeah. And you might feel like you don't. And I understand that that's a real challenge that's a real yeah. struggle to feel in a, in a church where you're just like i don't belong here i'm so different i don't fit but the bible says you do belong so i think when you start with the attitude of like i do belong despite how my emotions might come and go i i do belong because mm-hmm. god says i do and number two is um don't see community by seeking it so that you can get something rather you you will get something for sure but seek it to give something like what can i bring i want to find a community and just contribute pour myself into it that's the best that that's a that's a formula for a successful um fruitful Uh result of seeking community i think so many of us in christianity first of all we have to have a community that perfectly fits us that's ideal if there is a community that you you know of young adults single young adults and this is it's godly and it's great that's that's great sometimes that you don't get that though and it doesn't mean there's no hope so you know plug yourself in to where you to where you're at and also come with that mindset because a lot of times we we want to come to a place where it's perfectly um comfortable and there's good vibes and we get filled up and it's edifying to us and then we and when it's not, the minute it's not, it's like, well, it's not working for me. It's not a good fit for me because I don't like how it makes me feel. Yeah. And think... then we pull out because we're just like, that didn't work. Rather than like giving it a solid shot of consistency and commitment and what can I bring to the table? How can I bless these saints? I think like, so um, in Ephesians 3, at the end of Ephesians 3, Paul talks about how the church is literally this spiritual reality that God, by the work of the Holy Spirit, is building up. Like, yeah. like if you understand what is going on, Jesus says, when there's two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So when you look from a spiritual lens at, you know, you look at, you know, your church, your average church, average small town church, and it's not very impressive. Mm-hmm. But... When you look through a spiritual lens, you're like, dang, these ordinary folks, 
gathered today um, are here by the power, by the supernatural power of the God of the universe. And this is his bride. Mm-hmm. He dwells among these people. Mm-hmm. And this is ground zero for the work of redemption and restoration in the world. Like you see that and you, if, if Christ dwells in you, if you are bought by his blood, this is your people. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you feel and how you feel and your emotions will come and go. And yeah. you have to get that conviction deep down into your bones. Like that's not, this is not a matter of how I vibe. Yeah. This is a matter of, do you believe in the salvation that God is working in the world? And when you look at the church in all of its unimpressiveness, do you see yourself as part of these people spiritually united by the blood of Christ? Like your membership here is secure. If you feel like you don't belong, you're questioning the effect, the effectiveness of Christ's blood. Right. Right. You know, don't question the effectiveness of Christ's blood. If you're, if you're saying you don't belong, you're saying that Christ hasn't done an adequate job of joining you to his body. Yeah. He has. Yeah. You're it's just running fact. with your emotions. It's a fact. Yeah. Once you establish that fact, you actually find that it's easier to form deeper connections and a sense of belonging because you are working backwards from the other end. You're saying, this is my people. This mm-hmm. is my place. Now, how can I make myself at home? Right. You know, like that actually starts to turn your emotional orientation differently yeah second of all i would challenge so like we've been we've been there in all the seasons when you say say we play the ideal scenario you are in a church where there's people your age your demographic they're mm-hmm. all super like like you and and everyone's cool and it's such a good vibe and mm-hmm. it's just so good to be there mm-hmm. um realize that that is a season of life that will pass yeah. And then everybody grows up in all different directions and that little vibe that you were preserving is gone. Yeah. So um, if you want lasting experience of community, you always come with r- uh, sleeves rolled up, mm-hmm. ready to build. Right. You, know? you don't come uh, you don't come to a, a blank new property and expect a home just to be there. You come with the vision of home and shovels and hammers and nails and tools ready to build the home yeah it takes work it takes effort and people want to just instantly feel that maybe that same social community belonging that they felt when they were in in the youth group or you know wherever and it takes work and if you come saying how can i create a home for other people how can i create a space or a community in this church where people feel um at home with me where people feel cared for and loved by me um rather than like i need to feel that from other people when i don't i'm going to be super discouraged rather than how can i create that how can i partake in the work that god can do here in this church how can i add to that how can i be part of this kingdom building plan that god is doing um and i think that's so huge if if every christian had that mindset we would have a lot less lonely people because people would understand though I might feel alone I am not alone I have the body of Christ and I belong there though I might feel like I don't right. um, it would take away a lot of that confusion yeah, that people and I, feel and, and connected to that is we oft we're always measuring on the vibe of right now right like oh I don't feel connected to these people and again what you need to do that's looking through just your simple human perspective here now 
what you need to be doing is looking through God's perspective, not on what is, but what is becoming. Right. Um, you know, C.S. Lewis's amazing essay uh, called The Weight of Glory, like such like it's a monumental thing for me reading that. But one of the lines from there is that basically he's like, look around, look at the people around you, the, the, the ordinary folks. And um, they are e- we are all either becoming, like he says, immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Yeah. Like we are all becoming something mm-hmm. and we are other, either becoming glorious and amazing beyond belief or terrible and frightening, uh, you know, beyond our imagination. And when you look at what is, you may be discouraged, but if you are just looking at what is and calling it that and putting a period there, mm-hmm. you are basically saying you don't believe in the redemptive work of Christ. Yeah. Because... Jesus is present. He's molding this rock Mm -hmm. into something. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at people that way, when you look at your awkward fellowship group from this angle, Mm -hmm. then you're looking at all potential. Yeah. You're looking at all, you're like, okay, whatever. But, you know, in in a couple of years, where are all these people going to be? Who are we going to be all together in a few years? And how can I look around right where I am? So talking about practical, right where you are, there's people around you that God has placed. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- how can you how can you uh, prioritize your life and your time in a way that um, opens up opportunity for you to come alongside people in your life and grow together yeah. in friendship, in fellowship, in wisdom, in holiness, and and you will see the redeeming work of God creates something beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a fact. The Holy Spirit is present among his people. You know, he yeah. works. Yeah, looking around and saying, how can I love these people in front of me despite how different and completely not my choice they might be of a community? How can I love them? and nurture their love for Christ more just by committing, being cheerful when I show up, uh, sharing what God is doing in my heart. And even think about maybe there's been someone in your life who's just loved you and has kind of stuck by you and had an influence on your life that they probably didn't even know, but just by simply um, showing up or like me growing up in a community where people would continually come and share the work God is producing in their heart, I still, it's been like 10 years and I still remember some of the things that they, they would share that just like encouraged my faith. It like inflamed my faith more to love Christ or people who would share how they're loving their Bible and it made me want to read mine more. Little things continue, over the years, just like little moments of loving other people, um, committing yourself to, to a group of people and loving them and sharing the love of Christ, it has such impact that you don't even realize. And if you look at the richest relationships, <clears throat> the richest communities, um, and you ask those people, how did this become this? Ask people who, have, who are surrounded by really amazing friendships, maybe like a rich social life, a rich spiritual community. And you ask them, how, what was, what did this look like at the beginning? And yeah. they will always tell you it did not look like this. Right. It looked like a seed, yeah, a, a flimsy little unimpressive seed that grew up into a giant tree. Yeah. Um, 
that's the biggest thing that is hard for us as young people to get over is this false, is the understanding that the thing that we seek oftentimes in our expectation is mm-hmm. actually non-existent. Yeah. Like real satisfying community is, <clears throat> it's always the work of long-term presence, growth, investment, care, love, sacrifice. Yeah. It's never just this spontaneous, oh, we just all collided. We just click. We just collided and clicked yeah. and we just grew. Like right. it's we have so much in common. It never happens. Yeah. The the power of the gospel has the ability to connect the most different groups of people into something that's into just beautiful communities that over the years serve one another in love. And it I think a lot of young people today we have people like we all experience awkwardness. We all experience social anxiety, maybe. Maybe not all of us, but a lot of people. They they just don't they're afraid of of how they might come across or they just coming into a new place a new space where everyone might be already friends and you're the new guy or um and then we just pull away we don't commit ourselves to a community because of all those fears and awkwardnesses and tensions or someone might say something offensive to you or they might laugh at you or uh be insensitive to your maybe your character or personality if you're more quiet and they're like why are you so quiet and they'll judge you like there's so much that people let prevent them from drinking of the blessing of community that god Mm -hmm. has given it because it's not perfect they'll show up somewhere and it doesn't go like they would hope and so forever they're gonna say that was horrible and i'm not gonna experience that again where god has um he's given so much blessing there if you just kind of to put it harshly get over yourself in a way like it's not about you put away that yeah that stuff that makes it so like in your head and i know that's much harder for some people than others yeah some people are just social and they're great but some people are way more introverted and and awkward and and that's okay there's a space for everyone in in god's community and then us more social people need to work on noticing the ones who struggle more and inviting them in making them feel loved it's just a group project and i think people People miss out on such blessing when they don't access or they don't tap into that design feature of the gospel in the church where we're meant to live side by side. Yeah, the basic bottom line is we avoid the discomfort, but we don't realize that the discomfort is a design feature because the discomfort is when God's spirit uses other Christians to cut away and chisel away at your foolishness and your pride and your immaturity. You will never grow until you allow yourself to be uncomfortable and vulnerable. Yeah. You, you know, and when you see that the church is not the place where we, it's not the spectators of the saints. It's not the, you know, it's, it's, we're all, we're all messed up and, and, right. and need grace. And like we get over ourselves and then we come with an eye to see at what God is doing among us, not yeah. what we are here to show off. Right. When you get that vision, you embrace that, you embrace the discomfort and you don't care about how you look you're more here for the show of god's work among us right and then you see what god is really doing in the world we are all sinners we are all sinners on a journey and i think sometimes people say oh everyone is so perfect and godly and i'm i'm so messed up so i can't be part of this because they they're all pastors and they're all in ministry and they're all but it's like when you actually get to know these people you realize they're sinners on a path towards um maturity in christ with you and 
that once you accept that it makes it easier to be part of a community yeah i think at the at the center of that discomfort is our desire to hide our sin yeah and at the center of the power of community why is why do we long for community we know we are all broken and messed up but we desire to be accepted just the way we are right like that's our deepest longing to mm -hmm. be known and loved you know like yeah. tim keller says yeah to be loved and not known is superficial um you know to be known and not loved is devastating mm -hmm. but to be known and loved that is what we seek more yeah. than anything else yeah and you you jesus is doing that in the church don't think that the church is some perfect thing and the spiritual people are all great they're not the whole point of their freedom is not that they're good it's that they've discovered the joy of growing together in fighting sin in exposing yeah. sin yeah. in our life and the, at the core of it we need a community that won't let us get away with sin that loves us and knows us and speaks truth you need that uh, at the end of the day you will only feel that sense of deep connection when there's people who can say things that are uncomfortable to you yeah you know and like if your christian life doesn't include that and your christian vision of the church does not include a belonging where i can't hide from people who know me yeah. i can't hide yeah. from in my sins yeah in my struggles um then you have a false view of the church yeah you have a false view of what it means to follow jesus uh you know, Jesus is working not through individuals. He didn't come to call individuals. Mm -hmm. He came to call a family together, yeah, a spiritual family. And in his day, when he said that, when he said, who are my mother, who are my brothers and sisters here, whoever obeys and listens to me, when Jesus said that, that was scandalous. Yeah. Because in their time, the most deepest connection of all was family. Family yeah. was treated as a deeper connection than marriage. Yeah. Um. So for Jesus to proclaim that proclamation and to say that the church is the new family, mm -hmm. he is proclaiming something radical. Yeah. Um, and so you can't be a follower of Jesus and to not be joined to a biblical, uh, uncomfortable, loving, awkward community of saints. Because yeah. that's what it means to be in the story of redemption. Yeah, I think just a prerequisite to to having community and, and being able to live and thrive in community is humility. That's just the first thing. If you don't have humility, if you come in with pride, you're going to get out real quick and you're never going to want to be in it. Yeah. Um, and what are some other things that prevent um, people from, what are some mindsets that really make it difficult for people to... Radical individualism, you know, like I got yeah. my plans, I got my schedule, I got my, yeah. my workout routines, my shows, my hobbies and it's hard to fit this in or my career yeah like no no doubt about it career is important or your job or your family these are all important things yeah but that's never an excuse to you're not you're not going to come to god at the end of your life and be like god sorry i didn't sorry, have time for your people I, I didn't have time for your people lord like yeah he's you know like that's so um i think radically individualistic culture it makes it really hard to open your home hospitality yeah um open you know open your doors and feed people put stuff on the table and yeah. share a meal like yeah. our individualism makes it so easy to just live our little our lives our schedule our need for rest or breaks or you know like 
if you're finding yourself every whatever Friday night when it's time for fellowship groups, um, you know, you're making up some excuse about I'm tired or uh, I have stuff going on. I have homework for young, a lot of young people that, you know, it's, it's yeah. a frustrating thing to be in youth ministry and to hear that excuse a lot. And it's like, do your homework, be really diligent with your time, but prioritize God's people because that is a design feature of the gospel. You are right. literally cutting off a source of encouragement when you are, there are seasons where it's extremely, you know, finals or whatever, but still, I think if you're habitually Yeah, you're looking at the overarching, you know. Or other things, maybe sports or uh, leisure or just rest over prioritizing God's people and fellowship, don't be surprised if you're going to be, you know, limping in your spiritual walk. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you're all of a sudden can't fight sin that is just drowning you or, you know, just suffering from idolatry or other things because you are meant to live with the people of God week in, week out. That's just how God has created the church to function. Mm -hmm. And if you are not valuing that and prizing that above a lot of things, um, you're not going to thrive spiritually. You're just, you're not. Yeah. the, The lie of our culture is that we get satisfied through consumption rather than production. And, you know, our laziness is another big one. Like, oh, it's just so much work to, like, reach out to that person or to invite them over or to, it's just, it's, it's, I'm going to be more satisfied if I just chill, watch something, whatever. That's, that's a lie. That's what's making us as a culture so miserable is that we are consuming, consuming, consuming. And we think that that's going to make us satisfied. And we think that if I go out there, all these people, they're going to make my life so complicated. They're going to make my life so burdensome. And uh, I just want to rest. But that's a lie because God created you for beautiful work. And that's what actually gives you joy when you are hard at work for the kingdom. Uh, Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. You know, like when you're hard at work for the kingdom, that's when the joy of the kingdom will fill your heart. Yeah. Um, So laziness, individualism, um, you know, our, our anxiety yeah, social anxiety. Anxiety yeah. of, of people, what they think of me. Right. And again, that's very real, but we just need to learn to, to see that that's a lie in our hearts. Um, no one's watching you, really. Like, everyone is care- worried about themselves. Like, yeah. we're, you know, we're all, you know, messed Self-centered up. Self-centered. And, yeah, yeah. And I think... Um, also, bad experiences. So yeah, if you've had, if you, if you've had bad churches... Uh, if you've been part of a bad church community that's hurt you, that's huge and that's For serious. Sure. Yeah, can't you can't minimize the significance of that. You have to be cautious who yeah. you trust. You know, yeah, you can't you can't just pour your soul out to everybody in the world. Yeah, and that's why the the first thing I said was look at the church that you're part of and right. ask yourself why are you, of it, yeah. yeah why are you here are these people you can trust yeah do they and stand again, for things community won't solve all your spiritual problems and instantly give you some sort of fix there you know there are a lot of times where people will be trying to you know garden a community that they don't feel a lot of connection to years and years of that and it's just a it's a faithful sowing of seeds and hoping god produces something and i mean don't buy into that lie that i'm going to be part of this community because it's going to be so rewarding for me in a few months if i just keep coming is going to get so good and we're all going to be friends like sometimes it just takes years of commitment and right but god is doing something and trust that and it you know it's it's a faithful obedience yeah the reward is instant when you see that the holy spirit 
uh, is present here yeah. among these people. If you believe that, then you already have the joy um, of being among the church. Yeah. But also, I would say, sometimes things don't change for a long time. Sometimes there are years of hard sowing. Right. But also remember and have hope that, you know, life goes in stages. Like, uh, we all grow up and change. And it's really joyful to see that um, God does bless our labors and relationships thrive. And yeah. long, hard work of loving people and sacrificing, it's so rewarding and joyful yeah. to see that those people blossom those relationships blossom right. into these rich amazing things yeah so something like, you would never that. expect yeah, yeah yeah that's why I, I think probably i'm just thinking back in the last few years like you know coming close to 30 one of the big things i'm realizing is just dang life really does come in these chapters mm-hmm. gradual chapters mm-hmm. when you're young you don't realize it you, you you think that what is 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 you know what is is and that's how it is and in five years, everything could be different. Right. And that could be to the better. Right. You know? Yeah. So have hope. Yeah. Um, look forward it with just, joy. You don't know what God is doing. And he is doing something good beyond your understanding. And right. sometimes five years will go by and you have lost touch with someone. And, and then you, you reconnect and they say, you know that time at youth group when you said hi to me and you shared God's love and you shared what he's doing and that that like impacted me in such a way that you would have never known and they'll share this with you and it just makes you praise God because you never knew that but mm-hmm. you were there every week and you just shared what God is doing mm-hmm. and that has just massive impact more than you could possibly know mm-hmm. um, so is there a time where it's a seat maybe a season you move away to a university to go to school for two three years and you know, you kind of have to limp along without community. Is that okay? Is there times of our lives where there's exceptions to community? Is it okay to kind of live no. without it? No. Maybe for a year Unless or so. Unless you're like a prisoner in a Soviet work camp and you have no choice. Um, I think that um, you, you're never called to a solo Christianity. So if you're living somewhere for an extended period of time, you know, three or six months even, like seek out a biblical community. Like just start the process. Just be present somewhere. Anchor yourself somewhere. Yeah. There's no solo seasons. Yeah. You will never thrive. You will be discouraged. You will be um, suffering spiritually. Yeah. So much important stuff for for us to think about this week. Um, So yeah, just want to encourage you guys to reevaluate your relationship to the church and uh, the community that you're part of today. You know, what makes you, uh, what anchors you there and um, what are the barriers that prevent you from having deeper spiritual community among real Christians in your life? Um, Thank you guys so much for listening and uh, be sure to check out well-said.org. You'll see more episodes to the podcast, uh, articles, resources there. It's kind of the online home of the podcast and the blog. And check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have a moment to review us on iTunes, that helps other people find the show. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back to talk to you again soon.